All right. Welcome to the Voice by Matt show. My name is Matt Bertho. And today I have a badass entrepreneur. His name is Aaron Nash. How's it going, Aaron? Good, Matt. How are you, buddy? I'm good. So Aaron, I met through the Arate Syndicate. In 2019, I had the privilege of hearing him drop bombs in St. Louis on a stage with a lot of really awesome people in the audience. And one of the things that I remember most about Aaron was his fire, which I definitely resonate with because I'm kind of the same dude, but also his honesty and his heart. And at the end of his speech, he opened up his cell phone and said, here's my number, text me. And uh, I want to spend time with as many people as I can. I'll try to get to everybody, but I want to help you with your business. So welcome to the Voice by Matt show, Aaron. Thanks for being here today, man. Yeah, man. Uh, what was cool about that was, um, you know, I, I sat afterwards for about three hours and just got what people needed and then was able to connect them um, with people who I knew could solve that problem. And um, it was just a really cool experience to be able to have that uh, ability, right? To have that network of, of people who I knew, you know, hey, if, if you're dealing with this problem in your business, hey, go talk to this guy or hey, you go talk to this guy or you go talk to this guy. And it was, um, you know, it was a really, really cool experience for me. But but the, the hardest part was, you know, when when they had asked me to do that, um, they said, hey, you get three minutes, right? And so oh, three minutes. Yeah. So, so they told us, Hey, you get three minutes on, on stage. Um, you know, you can really talk about whatever you want, but you had to kind of pre say what you were going to say, right? So you had to type out kind of the message that you were going to give. And and so, um, what, when I ended up getting out there, I obviously ad libbed a little bit because I realized that, you know, there's no way that you're really going to deliver a whole lot of value to anyone in three minutes and my value. And to be honest, most speakers values aren't what they say on stage. It's, it's, their network or their tactics, right? And, and and you can't go into networks and tactics in three minutes, right? Like, it's not like you can sit there and say, okay, raise your hand. What do you need? Raise your hand. What do you, so my, it was basically three minutes of me saying, hey, listen, this is what this place means to me. This is what Arte means to me, but how I can add value is after this. And so, and so that was my strategy going into it, so. And do, do you feel like uh, you built some pretty awesome relationships from that moment? I would assume you did. Dude, I've had that one talk has probably been brought up more times in the last three years, four years, whatever it's been now, um, more than anything else that I've done in RTA. And that includes, you know, Kids Lives Matter. That includes any franchising. That includes any, anything that we've done, right, is, is that one talk. So, Well, I'll tell you, uh, in 2019... I didn't know why I was there. I had no clue. And I got there, and the second I sat down, you know, we were all doing 75 hard, right? We were all finishing it up. Um, and Stephanie Van Dam was sitting in front of me, and she goes, Matt, I got to tell you something. I said, what? She goes, did you know Tony Robbins has a vocal coach? And I was like, man, that's why I'm here. I can do that. And so... You and Tony, Andy and Ed, Jesse, you guys came up. I'll have to send you my notes that I wrote about your speech because yeah, I be took awesome. notes on every single one of you guys. But that's what happens at these events. And that's why it's important to be a part of a group, 
especially Arate, is being a part of a group of like-minded people. Because you, I remember I wrote down, this guy's real. He is a real hard worker. He is not bullcrap. He is not fake. And I, you are a great speaker, man. And it, because it came from the heart. And you, you, you brought it. You brought the fire. Which is, that's a part of being a coach and a leader, man. Like, a lot of people can have, you know, all the, the intelligence and the tactics that they want. But the execution, we hear that a lot, is really what matters. Like, big time. Yeah, well, you, you know what's crazy, man, is a lot of people, because um, I've, I've had to give talks, and obviously I, I've, I've been on different stages and done different things, but I think one of the things that set me up for that without me even really knowing is I used to play video games for a living, right? So, um, Whoa, talk, yeah, what did you play? So uh, World of Warcraft, oddly enough. <laughs> oh, no yeah. way, Aaron. Yeah, I was <laughs> the dude so in my mom's awesome. basement. Yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> so if you if you go look up on YouTube, dude, I had over – this was probably a decade ago. Oh yeah. A decade ago now, but I had over a million views. I had over 12,000 subscribers Shut with no collabs. Up. Like I was just doing World Aaron Nash. Content. Yeah. If you look in up the basement, it was, it rocking was big it out. Nash, big Nash gaming. I think my videos are still on there. So, uh, but yeah, man, it was, um, so I had streamed right. And done videos. And then obviously as we grew my businesses, um, I had done hundreds of meetings and obviously Ben, on a microphone in front of 50, 60, 70 clients at a time all day, every day. So wow. the, the the biggest difference for me was when I walked out, I remember when the doors opened, right? And I walked out, I was very intimidated because I'd never had lights in my face. Oh um, yeah, that's a different experience. But outside of that, dude, it, it actually made it better because I couldn't see how many people were there until the lights went down and then Andy and Ed came out. And then I realized how many people were there and I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, man, it was... <laughs> I was like, it, it really wasn't that, that weird for me at the time because I had just done it so many times before. Yeah. So it, it was just an ability. Like, that's why like these things and, and podcasts and videos and Facebook and social media, I've always, you know, people are like, dude, you really good at speaking. And it's like, well, dude, I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. It just wasn't this. It was, you know, entertaining a chat screen while I'm playing video games. So, that is incredible. Yeah. So how old were you when you started rocking that? Um, I, I met a guy. So when I was bartending in college, uh, one of the other bartenders who trained me actually played. And I had always heard of the game, right? But like I had never played it. And I was always a big video game nerd. Um, and me so too. he got me into it. And then I, we ended up, you know, I ended up at one point. I was, we were, our, the guys we were raiding with were like top 25 in the U.S., Dude. Um, yeah, like it was ridiculous, man. So, but like, and if you go, like, what's really funny is I'll go back and watch some of those videos occasionally, and I'm still just as analytical and like just as data driven, and like I study what I do over and over again this to try makes to get so, and so much sense, man. Yeah, man, and and so really, what I found out was video games correlate to real life yep. exponentially well, and it's yep. just a matter of of you know doing the same thing at really anything, right? So whether it's fitness, whether it's video games, whether it's anything. If you do the same habits in business or in anything you're trying to get better at, you, you will get better. And, and that was kind of the realization for me of when it clicked. Wow. So. Yeah, I, uh, I love, you know, I, taught, I, I teach public high school also, as well as teach private voice lessons. And I love correlating the video game thing because, I mean, they get that. You know, you, you're like, hey, so you guys that aren't eating food, right? You're not hydrating. 
how do you think that's going to go in your video game land, right? You stamina bar, right? Like you have to you have to refuel, and it's it's um man, video games and real life have collided giant big time in the last five to ten years. Yeah, I almost feel like I shouldn't have got out when I did. Man. I would be very curious to see uh, had I have stuck with it where well, it would be today with like virtual reality and all that crap coming man yeah i i you know it, it's funny though dude it, it turned into a you know um it turned into a job very quickly uh and it got to the point where i was spending more time editing and uploading and, and doing oh all that than gosh. i was actually playing and um yeah dude it, it was just so what my schedule used to be man was when i first started in michigan with my buddy who uh introduced me to the to the gym model that we kind of now run now was I would bartend from three till 10 and then I would stream from 10 till four. Oh my. And then I would work the early morning shift till nine 30 when he got there and then I'd go to sleep. And so that's, that's what I used to do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I mean, dude, it, it really wasn't that bad of a gig, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm bartending, talking to people, having some drinks, I can say that now that I don't work there anymore, right? Like <laughs> going home, having a good time, hanging out with people, and then going, working, having a great time with fitness people, and then going to sleep. So it was really, dude, it really wasn't a hard like, That's kind of the life, man, for like 20-something. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of hours, and it wasn't a lot of money, but... It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So Aaron, um, you are involved in some really awesome things. I'm going to let you talk about them for a second, because I think that... Um, you know, this just didn't happen. You know, how does a guy that was rocking video games, World of Warcraft, turn into this amazing entrepreneur that you are today that, that a lot of us look up to as a person of truth, uh, honesty, you're going to give it to us straight. There's no, there's no sugar coating, but also you got this giant heart to help us. You know, how did, how did, Aaron Nash become Aaron Nash, you know, like when you, uh, I, I want to talk about the Facebook post too, that you posted, um, about your dad coming out. Right. I, I want to talk about that because sure. I've, I've heard you say a lot of things, bro. And I've seen you post a lot of things, but when you said that, I felt like I got to reach out to Aaron, man, because this is something that I felt from you was a really hard thing for you to go through, but also how did you get out of that? Because there are so many families that go through divorce alone. And, and that situation that you went through, plus the suicide and all that, like my grandpa, yeah. when I was in high school, committed suicide. Like I, it's very close to me. So I, I, I'm just going to let you kind of go off. And this is voiced by Matt. So you get to share your truth, your voice and be, you know, let, let us feel it. Let us hear it, man. Yeah, man. So, um, <clears throat> You know, when we were so growing up, uh, you know, we were pretty well. I wouldn't say like well off. But we were definitely middle class, right? My my dad owned a, a flower shop, which should have been my mom's first clue, right? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. So when when I was uh, sixteen years old, fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in there, um, you know, he started to kind of go downhill, right? Where he'd be out late, he'd come home, he'd smell like alcohol, and and our family didn't we didn't drink growing up. Right. Wow. So, and where are you um, from, Aaron? Michigan originally. Michigan. Yep. Yep. So, um, basically, it, it got to the point where 
uh, he, it, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And then a couple of my buddies, um, actually two of my best friends, identical twins, I've known them since I was six. Um, and one of them came up to me and was like, you know, Hey man, you know, your, your dad tried to do this and this. And I, I had heard it from a different friend, but my other friend was a, you know, just a habitual liar. So like, oh, yeah. I had kind of been like, no, no, it didn't happen. And then when this guy said it, I knew he wouldn't, there was no reason for him to say it, right? Like wow. it, it, it didn't benefit him in any way. So um, at that point, you know, it, it was after one of these circumstances and he came down the next morning to, you know, get ready to go to school or, or get ready to go to work. We were getting ready to go to school. And, uh, you know, me and my brother were sitting at the table and I just told him, I was like, Hey man, don't come home. And, uh, Whoa. he didn't. So by the time I had gotten home from school, his shit was gone. Um, he had left and, you know, fast forward a little bit. Um, basically, you know, the house was gone. The business was gone. He ended up going to jail for, um, some other shit, but very similar style story um and then you know we lived in a town of ten thousand people right he was a, a deacon at the church right Holy so like crap, it was man. like we yeah where i live now it's twelve thousand. so i know exactly what you're yeah. talking about so so my name right like my name is always um it, it was something that i went from being really proud of to really ashamed of right and so Damn. Um, cause anytime anyone brought up our name, like, cause it obviously was all over the papers, all over the news. So anytime someone would say my name, like, you know, it was like, put your head down, you know, like mm. you kind of just live with that. So, um, obviously that led me down uh, a, a little bit darker of a path. Um, I started doing a lot of, uh, you know, drugs, um, especially as I got into college and then I found some harder stuff, um, wow. throughout college, but, um, and then honestly, man, it got to the point where I was, I was homeless at one point, um, between places, sleeping in the back of my car outside of the bar I used to work at in Mount Pleasant. Um, not for a long time. It was like, it was like, you know, five, six days, but like, I just, I didn't have any place to go and no one wanted to put up with me cause I was such a fuckhead. Man. And, um, yeah, man. So I ended up moving back home and uh, started selling cars, dropped out of school. Cause I, I actually went to school for five and a half years to be a teacher and I got all the way to, uh, student teaching. And that's when I quit. Wow. Cause, yeah. Cause I, I, so I literally got all the classes done, coaching minor, phys ed minor, business major. Um, and then I just really hated kids. So <laughs> and, and, <laughs> that and is I was, hilarious now, and, but I, I really hated other people's kids and I really, really, really hated the politics, uh, oh. inside of the school. Yes. So I would sit in the lunchroom right during, cause I had a mid tier, right. And I would sit in the lunchroom and it was just, uh, I'd listen to these other teachers and I was like, bro, I would just like, I can't handle these people. Like these people are not my people. Um, and obviously I was, you know, messed up too. So Anyway, so I moved back home, was selling cars, um, living in an apartment and in my hometown and, uh, you know, was doing actually pretty good. And, um, a girl had came down who was going to take me out for my birthday and, uh, she was supposed to come over that weekend. She was on her way down. She was texting me back and forth. All of a sudden she stops texting me. And so I thought she stood me up. And turns out she uh, was texting and driving and lost control of her car and, and hit a tree and died. And so, oh. yeah, so I uh, 
drove back up to where I went to college, got my hands on as much drugs and alcohol as I could. Um, got really, 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 really fucked up. And it was winter, right? So it was snowing, um, trees on both sides of the roads and about what, four or five in the morning, I'm driving back home and I'm on this road and I'm like, okay, like, let's just find a car, smash it. And worst case scenario is one of these trees will take me out. I was driving, um, uh, a little tiny Ford Focus uh, mm. that I had from the car dealership that I worked at, right? So I was like, it's not my car. Don't have to worry about that. Um, it's a tiny little car. There's no way I'll live through this. And so I see a horse trailer. And so, you know, I, I slammed on the gas, hit it, and um, as hard as I could, smashed the car, completely totaled the car, wedged it between two trees, and... Um, you know, luckily the, the horse trailer and everything was, was okay. There's a little ding, but nothing, nothing crazy. And, uh, cops got there. Um, and dude, I, I didn't, I didn't even have a bruise. Ugh. And so cop goes, Hey man, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, he goes, go sit in the front seat of my car while I figure out what's going on. And cause it was cold out. And I was like, yeah, okay. So he's dealing with the other people. They didn't want to you know, deal with anything. They're like, no, we're good. Like, you know, and they left. He comes, sits in the car. He goes, Hey man, I, I can smell you. He goes, I, I don't need to breathalyze you. I, uh, you know, what's going on. So I told him what had happened. Um, and he said, sounds like you've had a pretty shitty weekend. And I was like, yeah, he goes, um, call your mom. I'll take you back to the station. Have her come pick you up. And he never tested me. He never asked to search me. He never, did anything, brought me back about two hours later, my mom, uh, drove up and got me and I passed out in the back seat, went home. And, uh, you know, from that, from that moment on, it, it wasn't like an immediate turnaround. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, it was one of those things, dude, where I, I realized that there was no logical way that I was supposed to a be alive, but be more importantly, not be in jail and see more importantly, have zero like anything on me like zero scratches zero bruises anything and so um you know when you go through something like that like that's god and mm -hmm. um there's there's no other way to to explain it and so for me um at that point i was like you know you you're meant for something right mm -hmm. and that was the first time i had felt that in a long time that, mm -hmm. that i was really meant for something more and so now it's dude every day is uh it's a blessing because i get to find out why right so my job now is just to fill that potential and, and and again i'm on borrowed time so i know that the day that i do you know i i'll, I'll be uh taken home so, man yeah whoa aaron <laughs> i am so uh grateful that you shared that story man like you and you know it's crazy the journey of life that we go on that god you know allows us to be on right um it makes a lot of sense why you do things and say things and speak things the way that you do them now yeah man well <laughs> to be honest uh I i've always been that way um mm. but at, at this point i i've learned you know, and then obviously, you know, to continue the story, when I started working with, uh, 
with my buddy Matt in Michigan, you know, it was, I remember the first day when he asked me to work at the gym in the morning, right? Cause I came home and I quit the cars. Obviously I got fired from car sales. Uh, <laughs> when you, when you fucking total a car, they, they do not look kindly on it. So actually they were, they were super cool about it. They didn't actually fire me. Um, I was there for another few months and then they changed their pay structure and it actually made more sense for me to bartend. I made more money. So I ended up uh, going back to a steakhouse bartending um, and, but I really didn't do drugs anymore. I was pretty clean. You know, obviously I drank, um, I still, I still drink, obviously I have a wine label, but, um, yeah. uh, but at, at the end of the day, it was, um, you know, I started bartending again, playing video games, um, kind of going down that path. And my buddy had called me and he goes, Hey man, I got, he's like, I don't know anyone else in fitness. Cause you'd got to remember during college. I also won a natural bodybuilding show, bro. So, yeah. So I, I've always been in great shape. I've worked out since I was 14. I've always like, I've won multiple things in powerlifting yeah, and bodybuilding. I was going to ask you what sports yeah. did you play in high school? Uh, fo- yeah. Football track um, were my two main ones, um, but ma- mainly football. And I've obviously I played basketball growing up until eighth grade when I stopped growing. Uh, Cause oddly enough, I've been five, nine. Same. Since, yeah. Yeah. With a size 13 shoe. And then everyone's like, oh, dude, you're going to be huge. And dude, trust me, it does not correlate. So I know what you're all thinking. <laughs> it is. You are waiting. You're like, is it going to yeah. happen this year? Yeah. Is it going to happen this year? I was hoping at least I get taller and my dick could get bigger. But, you know, ah. God, God didn't give either of those things to me. So, uh, but basically, man, what we ended up uh, doing was I, he was like, hey, man, I started this thing. And I was personal training at the gym where he was working out of. Um, and he opened his own. And so he was he'd been open for a few weeks. He's like, dude, I just literally can't do it by myself. I don't trust anyone else with my clients. Like I, like, I know you'll do a good job. Can you come in and work the early mornings with me? And so I remember the first day, man, I I went in there and a lady who ended up being the first hundred pound down client that, that wow. we had had was she was, her back was hurting during an exercise and I showed her why. And I said like, well, yeah, here, do this, stand this way, tighten your core. And how's that feel? And at the end of the workout, I just remember her coming and she'd be like, that's the first time I, went, I got through a workout with my back hurting. Hmm. And I got home and I remember, you know, my mom got home from work because I'd moved back in with her. Um, and basically, dude, she was like, how'd it go? And I was like, I know exactly what I want to do. And from that day forward, it was, you know, I helped him build his uh, first four gyms. And then I moved down to Florida and built my first one and then the second one and then the third one and then the fourth one and then the franchise and the supplement company and the 501c3 and the wine label and everything else. Right. So, um, you know, that was kind of the snowball effect of where it started from. And now, um, you know, one of the things that I'm probably the best at is finding great humans and and investing in them to give them the same opportunity I did. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my mission at this point. Oh man, Aaron, <clears throat> this is incredible, dude. Like you, you are an incredible dude. And, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm grateful you didn't give up. I did. You, you, well, you had <laughs> multiple, but you, you had multiple chances too along the yeah. way to give up again and again and again. Yeah. And you didn't. Well, dude, nothing, nothing was, uh, I, I think there's something that very few people will understand, but I'll say it for hopefully the the one or two who will. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who talk about anxiety and depression and, and suicide. Uh, it's completely different when you press the button. Mm-hmm. 
right? Like, like I truly believe part of you is never the same. Um, you, you, you made the decision, you went through with it and it just didn't work. Wow. Right. Like, so there's a huge difference between people who talk about it and, 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 you know, I, the, most of the time when people talk about it, they're looking for attention, right? It's when people shut up that you should worry. So there were two things that I wanted to go back. One, how did you feel? It was, there, was there, cause I, I had a, like, I didn't do this on purpose, but when I was coming back on the highway one time, it was raining really hard out and I was, you know, I was a dumb college kid and I got into the left lane and a semi was going on the right lane and all of a sudden my wheel goes and I go and I watched this semi go right by me. I didn't touch the, the median. I didn't touch the semi. And I remember just sitting there like, holy shit. That was a moment. That was a, like a, a gift from God in that moment. Don't be dumb on the highway, Matt. Right? Because my life literally just flew by me. Right? So in that moment, when you're sitting there and the car's all messed up, was there like a moment where you were, where, where time just stood still? That, that you were like, what did I just do? Um, when I was in the front seat of, of, of the police car, um, and I knew I was supposed to be in the back, and there was a very, wow. very strong chance. And I'm just watching him talk to these people, and I watch them wave, make sure I'm okay, and then leave. Uh, that was probably one of the weirdest most surreal moments and then when he said sounds like you've had a rough night let me take you back to the the station so your mom can come get you um that that ride was one of the longest rides ever because i was just like there's no way that this is happening hmm. and and um obviously i was i was very messed up at the time um and as I woke up the next day, it, then it really, you know, it started to kind of, I started to go, man, there's, there's something I need to be smarter about. Did this police officer know you? No, no, I had no idea. I, I still couldn't tell you his name to this day. Well, and so I'm like, you were like extended an enormous amount of grace. Like the, the most amazing grace for real in that moment. Well, dude, think about just even re remove the idea of, of the suicide or remove that just the jail sentence. Yeah. I would have, I mean, deep, like driving under the influence for sure. Possession of a, not a small narcotic. Right. Um, but they could have got me with attempted something. Right. Because I, I mean, I did it on purpose. Wow. Um, I, I mean, dude, there was a myriad of things that they probably could have came at me with. And I probably could have, should have spent, um, several years in jail. Wow. Like without question, I should have. And, and this is why you're doing all the amazing things you're doing now. Like, you know, like talk, let, talk about some of the things that you're doing now and, and how, how have you applied what you've been through? Because I, I, I saw you post the other day about you guys need to talk about the struggle it's okay to talk about the struggle. And now I get why, why you said that. So well, dude, it's fact. part of it. I think the problem, man, is everybody puts on this facade yep. on, on social media that everything's okay. And it's like, 
dude, there's, there's times where like your, your shit ain't working and it's hard. And, and people actually respect you more if you say, Hey man, like, yeah, I might, I might look like I'm doing good over here, but like, I suck over here. Right. And like, like even with what I was doing, like it was so hard for me this, this year when we, like the stars almost aligned for this property in Napa. It was the, it was a perfect property. It was exactly what we wanted. But when we looked at the financials of it and what it would take to get it to where we wanted, it didn't make feasible sense. Like, and, and I realized I was like, I'm not good enough right now. And I haven't done enough yet to be, to deserve this reward. Right. So yeah, it's well, one of those things man, that you, you have that, to be like, honest about. Go Aaron. Yeah. I mean, and, because and, a lot of, yeah. I think a lot of us, especially in these groups, we see these people that are making a lot of money and we're in the group. So we think, mm, well, I should just be like them. Right. And that's not how it works. No, no. Well, and, and you got to remember too, that, um, there's a, I mean, now could I have figured out a way to have gotten it? Yes, I could. Yeah. Would it have been financially intelligent for me to have done all of those things and buried myself Mm. in debt and leverage to look like something. Wow. Right. And I think that's where people struggle, right? Is they, oh, I can go take out this loan. And if I get this $200,000 loan or this credit card that has, you know, no limit or this SBA loan or a second mortgage on my house or this or that or this, I could do this and that. And it's like, yeah, you could. But is that really the smartest move for you to do to because because again why are you doing it who are you doing it for what is the outcome that you want and for me it's something i want my kids to have it's something i want my family to have legacy it's not something that i my kids are two and seven i got time hopefully Mm -hmm. yeah right like like i don't want to have it and then lose it because I got it before I need, before I should have. And mm-hmm. I, and it was one of those decisions where it also humbled me. Cause I was like, man, like I, you know, cause there's some times where you start, you know, smelling your own stuff and thinking you're pretty good. Yeah. Right. We, and then you we've go all done that. Well, dude, but like, you know, and I looked, I looked at, uh, I, I was actually talking to um, one of the guys in Arte who founded it about it. He was messaging me back and forth on the property. And I was like, Dude, it's, it's awesome. It's this, it's that. And I was like, this, this dude could buy it and wouldn't even think about it. And I was like, I'm not there. Yeah. But you I will was like, be. so, well, oh, fucking right. But at the end of the day, I have zero doubt about that. It, but it, it wasn't today. And yeah. so I sat down and said, hey, what skills do I need? Who do I need to become? What do I need to contribute? And what value do I need to bring to other people before I deserve this? So this patience that you've developed, did you learn that patience? Did, did you develop over time? Were you taught that patience? Um, dude, I've, I've seen a lot of people do it the other way and lose it. Yeah. Right. Like, like even when, even when my, you know, my, my mom and my dad, you know, like I said, we grew up, you know, middle-class, upper middle-class, whatever you want to call it. We had a nice house, hmm. you know, like my mom always had a nice car. My dad always had a nice car. We went to disney world twice a year right like Mm, wow like it wasn't like we didn't have money right like we we weren't rich but like we definitely were okay but they never taught us finance they never and 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 we found out obviously that when when all this stuff kind of came out is everything collapsed right the the house of cards collapsed and and so for me i always like like even the other day literally two days ago i was on google sheets just 
making a budget of like, hey, if you know push came to shove, what are my actual bills that I would need to maintain my house and my cars and my wow, groceries yeah. and my kids' school? And like, wow. And then I was like, well, how do I get enough money so I could have that for 20 years in the bank? Right. And so what amount of money is that? Right. right? And, and just because again, man, like a lot of people, I, I think they think they need a hundred million dollars or, or $10 million or a million dollars. But, but like, once you get to that point, it's not enough. And then your goals start becoming bigger, which is great, right? Like always great to move the goalpost, but at some point you have to have a reason for the goalpost. Hmm. Right. And I think for me, security is just super important, right? Like I hold security far above notoriety, right? So I don't really give a damn if I get that today and like I can flex it today because I would rather have the security of, hey man, my house is always going to be my house. I don't ever want my kids to lose their house. Well, and I love it because you've been through what it's like to lose everything. Oh, dude, 100%. I remember... You know, when, when, when the, when we had to BK our house and my mom had to move into an apartment, she literally couldn't afford it. And she was working 70 hours a week to be in negative. And like, we would just literally hear her up at night, just bawling mm. and then trying to figure out what shit she was going to sell next. And like, it was, every, you know, and, and just to keep a roof over her head and she was not a smart and dude, she is one of the least intelligent from a conceptual standpoint women that I know, like if you try to explain a concept to her, not going to happen. If you say, I need you to do A, B, and C, she's a workhorse, right? But she is, I'll never be able to fault her, her ambition and her drive to take care of her kids. And that was one of the things that I've always respected. Hmm. Um, And so for me, it went, you know, as I grew up and went through college and, and, and didn't have anything, I was like, you know, man, that would be an amazing goal is to get that house is to get my, my house back. Right. And so it was, I want my house and I always want to have that security. So that was step one. And then anything past that, my next step, honestly, dude, this is when I realized that I was okay, was um, being able to take my wife on a vacation and not worry about the bill. To me, that was the point where I said, you know what, anything above this now, if we serve others, like I'll be great. Right. But like, if we serve others and I can do this, like my life's never going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. So I've hit that. Right. So the winery is next. Right. But that takes real money. Like I'm talking real money. You got to have real so what, shit. What's real money? For I mean, the people listening 10 to 20 million bucks, man. If, Holy if you wanna, moly. Because you got to Well, because you got to understand. Here's the thing. Here's here's the truth, dude. Is so like the I'll, I'll break down the property that we were looking at. Yeah. They wanted. They wanted four million for it, but all the vines were fifty to sixty years old. So the problem is they all had to be ripped out and oh. and replanted, and the irrigation had to be redone, and the house needed to be completely gutted. Like it was a shithole for four million. For four but, million. For four million. But it. But here's the thing. Now, on top of that, when you replant vines, you have to wait six to seven years before yeah. they produce fruit that you can use. So. And it costs, what did they say per acre to replant? It was like 150000 per acre to replant. Holy moly. And then every year you have to pay for property management on every acre of like 17000 an acre, something like that, right? So you start adding up all these costs and you realize, and then once the grapes are ready, that doesn't mean the wine's ready because- <laughs> 
right? If a wine is a 2023 in Napa, you ain't serving that motherfucker. It's got to sit for three or four years. Yeah. So you're looking at a 10 year before you're ever going to see a single dollar come back from the, from the grapes on your property. So it was a, it was a $10 million investment on a $4 million property. And that's not even including the renovations, right? So, and that was a seven acre plot. So now you, I mean, so, so realistically now in 20 years, are you making, are, are you good? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But like, you've got to be, yeah. And you've got to be able to eat a quarter million to a million dollars a year for seven to 10 years. And obviously now you can make wine from other people's grapes. Right. And right. we do that now. Right. right. But, and we have access to some amazing, amazing places. But at the end of the day, if you wanted your own estate, Cabernet, which we wow. will have, it, it's it's a process. So now, now imagine you have a place that has a nice house on it, and the vines are only ten or fifteen years old, right? And it's a seven acre plot. Well, that's a twenty million dollar price tag minimum, right? And and that house really ain't that cool. <laughs> so I know you, I know you know this because I'm going to ask it. What's your yeah. timeline? Um, to to be honest, dude. <sighs> It, it, it's based on the market. Right. Right. So I really think in the next, I, I think what's coming in the next few months, in the next year and a half, two years with just economic issues that I think we're bound to have just based on simple math. Right. I think that over the next couple of years, this will be the time where I will make the money to be able to afford that in the next 10 years. Okay. So Sweet. I, yeah. Now again, um, I have a lot of, uh, what is it called? Uh, bobbers in the water, right? I have a, <laughs> I have a lot of lines in the water. So there's a lot of things that I'm doing that, you know, if, if one of them strikes a big fish, great. And, and we're going to try to grow all of them as hard and as fast as we can. But at the end of the day, um, it would, uh, un- unless I was able to sell everything to one person and they kept me on and they saw a multiple and they, you know what I mean? Like it, it would take a very special circumstance for me to be able to probably do it before five to seven years. Um, but anywhere between probably seven and 10 at the latest. I mean, that's a beautiful goal though. I can, I can see the Aaron Nash family on the winery, you know, land yeah. breaking the first uh, wine bottle open, having a, a group come out and, you know, Oh yeah. Well, there'll be a lot beautiful. of groups coming out. Yeah. yeah. Man, and the great news is we'll always still have this in South Florida because of uh, tax purposes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Aaron, talk a little bit about Kids Lives Matter, because I, sure. I think that you know it. It's funny that you said I don't want to be a teacher because I hate kids. I don't want to mess with kids, and now you're doing this amazing thing for kids all over the world. Yeah, well, so so what Kids Lives Matter is is it's a foundation that Sean Henry and I started in 2020 during the COVID shutdowns, um, but basically we help victims of trafficking. And um, what had happened was this was a time when the Ghislaine Maxwell story was really starting to break. Oh, and yeah. so Sean and I crazy. got on the phone, and we were like, "All right, like let's give some money to somebody, right? Like let's go find a good organization." So we started vetting all these organizations, going on auditing their financials. Um, you know, because if if you're a real business owner, um, just so you guys know, most charities have to um, publish their their information. So it's not hard to see how much money is actually going to where it's supposed to. And so I audited ten companies. He audited ten companies. 
and we hated all of their financials. <laughs> um, and these are the biggest ones that all of us have heard about um, who everybody else donates to. Um, but at the end of the day, there there's different companies that specialize in different things, right? So some companies might specialize in extraction. Some companies might specialize in uh, therapies, uh, education. The education ones are the best because they post a PDF on their site and then they take all your money um, and they do nothing with it. So what we wanted to do was become, you know, as, as close to a dollar for dollar charity as we possibly could. So um, what we did is, is we donate our time completely. We don't, we have about five or six people in Arte who donate their time completely. Wow. And we audit uh, companies. We work with people who get victims. And then what we actually specialize in is aftercare, right? So once oh. these victims are extracted and they're into safe houses or they're into these other programs, what do they need? Right. And so um, we work with these companies and then they give us proposals based on these individuals needs. And then we go through and either approve or deny or ask for more information, et cetera. Right. And um, we've done it with zero grant money. It's all been private funded, private donated money. Um, and so it's uh, it's a really cool thing. So like even last week we had, a, there, there's a group in Carolina who sponsors uh, and who has tons of um, victims that they, they bring through us. And so, um, you know, we were able to get uh, dentures for one of the victims. Um, wow. We've had victims who we've flown out to get cosmetic surgeries. We've had victims who we've paid for, you know, things like laptops, transportation, driver's test, schooling, um, you, you name it. We've even put in a stipulation with one girl that um, we paid for her semester. Wow. And bas basically, if she got a B or, or, or better at the semester, we would pay for another one. So, you know, little things like that, where we try to be really good stewards of the people's money. And, and the really cool thing is we don't write the victim's checks or hand them cash. You know, if they need help with rent, okay, where's your landlord? What's your account number, right? Yeah, if we need help that. with this bill or this bill, hey, I need the list of the account where yep. I'm sending the check and yep. it will be taken care of, right? So we, because again, what happens with a lot of these victims is they get into, after sex trafficking, it becomes prostitution, sex work, um, things like that. And, and then wow. obviously there's tons of, you know, domestic abuse, there's gangs, there's, there's politicians, there's all these things involved that we um, we have to be very careful with as well. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Like, I'm so happy that you're sharing all of that because I think a lot of us, we, we don't know about the sex trafficking and how serious it actually is. Well, I, I can tell you um, the, the part for me when I took, because I, 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 I would tell you something that's probably uh, something that most people wouldn't think, but I actually hate doing it. Um, and, and it's not something I want to do. It's something I have to do. Yeah. And I, I remember the, the first um woman who kind of came on to help us uh and talk to us about she actually was on extraction teams and uh she sent me a picture on my phone um mm. of a four-year-old boy that they found in a dumpster um who had been raped over 30 times and my my uh stepson was four at Ooh. the time and so i just remember getting off the call and like looking at him yeah <laughs> and it was one of those things, man, where you're like, if if I was his parent, mm. what would I do? And I, I was like, well, I'd, I'd probably kill everybody. But like, yeah. <laughs> but but first off, you know, it, but in reality, right? Like, you're not going to work. You're not paying your bills. Mm. You're only worried about that. So what happens to these families, mm. right? And so that was when 
you know, we decided to um, go into the aftercare space, but make sure that it was specific for their needs. Because again, there's a lot of people who like, you know, they just, they write checks and they think that that's good. But, you know, even when we do our Christmas funds here in South Florida for the underprivileged kids, it's it's never like toys for tots where you just give money and they buy a bunch of random shit. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. here you go. It's what do you want from Santa? And they right. give us a list and right. then we wrap it. And we, you know what I mean? So we wanted to make sure that we continued that with the individualized care. So that was something that was super important to us. Aaron, you care about people. You care deeply about people. And you have been put on this earth to help people, to love people. At, at, our, at our most broken, broken like parts of life, Aaron Nash is there to help, man. And, and you're, you're very blessed and, you're, and I'm so, I'm proud of you, dude. Like, you, 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 uh, you show in your heart and how much you love people, period. You love people. And yeah. yeah. It's incredible that there are people in the world like you that are business leaders, that are husbands, fathers, men, specifically right now men, because there's a, there's a real lack of good men in the world. And I, I deal with it every year, a lack of a father for a kid or uh, fathers that run away, fathers that, um, I mean, abandon their kids, abuse yeah. their kids. And you are, you know, Ed says it a lot. You're the one. You, you're, you're the one that's changing your family tree forever, man. And these two boys that, that you're raising, like, like, you're a superhero to them. Well, I think, I think with with that comes a level of of sacrifice that you have to be willing to accept as well, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people overlook when Ed talks about that, right? But, but it really is. Well, well it, but not only that, but there's sacrifice, right? Because well, yeah, if you I, go so hard in one area, it always will pull from something else. Yep, and and, I, and you have to understand that. I heard this example of the word passion the other day. I don't remember. I think it might have been Andy said it. I'm not, I'm not sure. But they were talking about the word passion. And they were talking about when you say passion, you got to know that struggle is going to be in that. The sacrifice yeah. and struggle is going to be in passion. And so you literally are living in a passionate life, Aaron. And... Uh, I, you know what, we have like five minutes left. What, what I would like is, you know, I, I think I'm just feeling this like intuitively. I want you to address us and give us some, some words, some encouragement for, because you, you found your purpose and you're living it. You, you're, you're living it. And there's a lot of people out there that, that don't know their purpose because they're too afraid to open that door. Um, so I was wondering if you could just give us some encouragement, some, some words, some, cause in these final little five minute moments that we have right here, because I cannot wait for people to hear your message, man. Like I'm so touched right now. You lit me up. Like I'm, I'm, uh, you're my friend and I'm, I'm, 
very inspired by you right now. Thanks, man. I, I would say this, I think it evolves. So I, I think it's okay to not know. Mm. Right. And, and I can equate it to this is I remember my business professor saying, you know, take what you're passionate at and do that. Right. And you've heard that saying a million mm -hmm. times, right? It's, do what you love and you'll never work a day. That's bullshit. You will work. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, I said, okay, well, what do I like to do? I like working out. I like playing video games. And that's where it started. Right. And I didn't know that that was going to lead me down to where I am today. And then it became, oh, well, fitness, right? Well, I can do personal training. And then I met I, I met that woman who showed me that I had way more that I was meant to do on that side. And I was like, okay, I really like this. And I got real good at it. And I started learning and growing at that. And then it was, well, man, how can I, how can I do this for, for me on my own? And I can get this right. And then how can I open my own? And then how can I get other people to do this? And when I first moved to Florida, right, the goal was, Hey, open a gym and, and make enough money to pay your bills and get a house. Right. And then you have a house in South Florida, bro. You're set. Right. Like, now that's a life. And that's what I thought. And then it got to the point where we had to start turning people away because we were too busy. Wow. Right. So we had 940 plus clients in a 3,600 square foot gym, um, running 13 sessions a day at 30 minutes a piece. Um, and we had people that we wanted to help that we had, had to turn away because we literally didn't have any more fucking room. And so we opened a second one and then a third one. Right. And then so on and so forth. And it, it's just one of those things now where as you evolve your mission, your goals and your mission should change a little, right? Because I think it's cool to dream big. I really do. But I think for most people, they, I, I do agree that people don't dream big enough, but I think it's because they haven't proven themselves along the way enough to be able to give themselves the gift of a bigger dream. When I think also the people that we're around matter, right? Oh yeah. That's why, that's why I love the Arate syndicate in any group like that. Like you get around people that have giant dreams, the bigger, like there, I remember my first conversation in uh, 2019, it was like, yeah, we did 3 million this month. I was like, what the heck? Who am I talking to here? This is crazy. Yeah. You know, cause I'm, I'm like making 4,000 a month at my job. And they, they're, they're tossing around that. Like it's, you know, I'm going to go drink this water right now. And so it, it, it matters who you surround yourself with big time. Oh, yeah. I remember dude, the very first Arate event was at, uh, in Coeur d'Alene at Ed's old house that he had up there. And, uh, <laughs> I remember getting onto the boat, uh, to where it was going to take us over. Right. They had these big, like, um, almost like mini, like river, river cruise boats. Right. I remember those pictures, man. It was awesome. And I'm, I'm talking to this guy. And he's like, oh, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I own gyms. He's like, oh, I'm in supplements. And so we started talking and we get done talking. And I was like, oh, this is kind of a big, goofy, dumb fucker. But I was like, he's a nice guy. And my buddy comes up to me, Matt, and he goes, do you know who that was? And I was like, no, who is that? And he goes, that's Joel Marion. I was like, who's that? He goes, he made $100 million before he was 30. And he owns this and he owns this and he owns this. And I was like, not a big, dumb fucker. Got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and then we're on the boat and I'm, I'm standing behind this guy in line waiting to get a cocktail and it's Tim Grover. And I'm like, Oh my Tim God. Grover. And he goes, yeah, I am Tim fucking Grover. And I was <laughs> like, and you know what I mean? And so like, it was, it was crazy when you think about that. It's like, I'm talking to a guy with who's made a hundred million dollars before he was 30. And in front of me is Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's trainer. bro. And, and I'm like, bro, I own, I own two gyms in South Florida. Like, why am I here? Right. And so 
I, I think it's one of those things, man, where you're, you're right. You're, you know, your, your network and the people you spend time around elevate you. But I do also believe that for so many people, dream something that's that's tangible that you can reverse engineer back to yeah. actual success. And as you build on that, don't stop, right? Yeah. Like then say, hey, what else could I do? If it I could scary. do this. It gets scary. You start having success, it gets scary. Because you're like, ooh, what do I do now? Well, but but it's 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 work though, man. That's what it is. Yeah, it like, is. Work. Like as long as what most people don't understand, and this is the one thing that I see entrepreneurs do all the time, and I'll I'll shut up after this. But <laughs> one of the things that I see them do a lot is is the goal of an entrepreneur is to fill your plate, and then as your plate fills, you start passing things onto people's plates, yeah. right? So that you can accept more onto yours. But the mm -hmm. problem is, is if you stop accepting more onto yours. Then you're sitting there and that's when people get imposter syndrome. That's when people feel like they're not good enough. That's when their employees start to resent them because they think they're living the life. That's when you see all these things. So for me, it's always, hey, if I'm going to take something off my plate and give it to you, I sure as hell better have too much on my plate already or something else I'm trying to put on it. Yeah. And, and that, because you again, know what? that's that, what a leader does, right? That's culture. I needed to hear that because I looked at my schedule today and then tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. And I was like, damn damn, damn, damn. And so my, Megan is my assistant. She's helping me a ton right now, but it makes me feel better to know it's supposed to be like that, Matt. You're supposed to have that built up. And you know, like right after this call, I have another call. I have another call after that. Um, but the, the, Aaron, I feel like we could just go on and on, man. Like I definitely want to have you back. Like this sure, is buddy. a lot of fun. Um, and I want to just say, guys, like Aaron is a real man that shed some real tears today that are real, that he, you know, he's a tough man, a masculine dude that feels a lot, that has a giant heart. And my Glock's always loaded, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need more men like that in the world and you are leading them. And I'm just so proud of you, man. Like I... I, we didn't even get into your book at all, Burned, like the coach's book. Like we, we didn't even get into that. Yeah. But he's got an awesome book called Burned where he, he calls out fake coaches that think they're coaches. I did, well, dude, no. I, I, what I wanted to give people was a, an ability to audit who they get coached by. And, and so there's no cussing in it. It's not like my first book. It is all <laughs> tangible. It's, it, and the cool thing is if you don't want to read it, the templates on my Instagram. So you can literally go to my Instagram. It says burn template. You can have that for free. You do not need to buy my book. However, wow. if you don't understand what's in my book, the book explains it better. So that would be the only reason you need to purchase it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I just think it's great because, you know, I've been doing coaching for 20 years, one-on-one -on -one, and yeah. for you to recognize, you know, and you, you, you brought the story up with the girl working with her in the gym you've been coaching people for a very long time also. Yeah. And so I agree. It's, it's, um, there, there's a lot of people that want to coach you. You were calling out somebody the other day about, you know, wanting to coach people in business and they have not had a good track record, bro. Um, so I, I just love your truth, man. It, it's just, it, I miss, I miss people being so honest and that's, that's a gift to me. Like it's a gift when people are so truthful. So how can people reach you, Aaron? I saw you had a new uh, website design. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if, if anybody ever wants to see what we're up to or what I'm doing, just AaronNash.us. But if you want to um, reach out, probably Instagram is where, I, where I'm the most active. On, on Facebook, I'm really trying to get away from from that one a little bit. So I am still obviously very active on there. But Instagram, yep, just AaronNash20. And everything in my link tree will have access to everything we're working on, everything with Kids Lives Matter, with all the books, with with anything else. Uh, and then, you know, should I need it, I have a website as a backup in case I get kicked off the internet again. So. <laughs> well, man, thank you so much for uh, being on this today. And uh, I can't wait to share your story, man. Um, because uh, I, I hope that people that listen to Aaron talk today, especially men, know that it's okay to tell the truth about who you actually are and where you came from and where you're going. Um, I know that you made me feel very empowered today and cause I, I've had a rough two years, rough two years. And, um, it's inspiring to know that I'm not alone, that, you know, we have, we have bad days, we have good days, but the consistency and staying on routine and doing the right thing, not the popular thing. It's, that's, what's most important. So yeah, man, thank you for having me. Yeah. We'll do this again. Aaron gets to go hang out with the Arote brothers and sisters and see everybody this weekend. Oh man, that's going to be a blast, dude. Yeah. I'm pumped. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Uh, but please go follow Aaron Nash. And if you guys need help with anything, especially gyms, he, he's looking for some people to start some new gyms. I've been checking that out. Go give him a, go give him some love. So thanks, Aaron. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks, man. All right.